Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today I think we have a fun one. You see on your screen a headline from The Hollywood Reporter from just about a week ago that says, Netflix seeks cancellation of Choose Your Own Adventure trademark in Bandersnatch dispute. Dispute being an interesting word there for one company seeking the existential destruction of the other through the litigatory process, but it is a kind of dispute. And it's that escalation that I want to talk to you about. Now, that's going to take a little background information if you haven't been following this. This is all about their episode, Netflix's episode, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which came out, I think, a couple years back now at this point. It was an interactive movie where you got to click things at the bottom of your screen to decide which direction it would go. And as a result of this, and in particular as a result of this movie referencing the book that this main character was designing their video game around as a choose-your-own-adventure book, Chooseco, the company that owns the trademark to the choose-your-own-adventure brand, sued Netflix and said, hey, you're diluting our brand, hey, you're infringing our trademark, and brought all these claims against Netflix. And I want to talk about that because that's the important background here. So I've brought up a Polygon article that says Netflix hit with a choose-your-own-adventure lawsuit over Black Mirror Bandersnatch. And they describe this a little bit, but one thing that Polygon does, and they do this often that I really like, is they actually put the the brief, they put the claim in, in their article, and so we can read it. And we can skip a lot of this. This describes what Choose Co. is. This describes what choose-your-own-adventure books are. If you're not familiar with them, they are books in which you essentially get an option to uh, jump up that wall or dive into that lake. And if you do one thing or the other, you turn to a specific page in the book and your story continues on. Uh, there are a lot of uh, fairly gruesome deaths and ends in these books, if I'm rec- uh, recalling correctly from when I was a kid. But they're, they're fun. Uh, They're built primarily for, I would say, middle school-aged readers, and they have things like The Abominable Snowman here and others that are a bit more fantastical in nature. But those are the books, right? You, You flip through the various pages, you choose your own adventure, and then here's the claim. It says, hey, Netflix made this Bandersnatch movie, and it says early on in the film, the watcher of this movie is given two options to select the protagonist's breakfast cereal, and then... In the first sequence of the film, viewers learn that Butler is preparing for a meeting to pitch a demo of a video game that he has been working on. Butler tells his father that his game is based on a fictional book titled Bandersnatch by a fictional author named Jerome Davies. Butler's father remarks that Davies must not be a good writer because Butler is always flicking backwards and forwards in that. This feature, flipping back and forth, is a hallmark of a choose-your-own-adventure book. And you can see Choosco here putting that in all caps, making it clear that this is their brand, this is their trademark. Butler responds next that Bandersnatch is a choose-your-own-adventure book. Next, Butler says, you decide what your character does. The version of the film that the viewer sees depends on the choices the viewer makes, but every single viewer sees this first sequence including its reference to the so-called choose-your-own-adventure book Bandersnatch. Upon information and belief, Netflix provides its own closed captioning and subtitle services. Its use of quotes and capital letters in the subtitles is further evidence of Netflix's knowing and willful use of ChooseCo's trademark. So they say, hey, you knew what you were doing here, Netflix, when you used our trademark, choose-your-own-adventure, in your movie, and so we've got these problems with you. Now... We're going to come back to this, but I also want to 
take a step back. We've talked about this in virtual legality before, but it's important to kind of get this foundational information down. And that's, what is a trademark? What is it for? So I've pulled up the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office website, just to kind of get the overall definition out there. Now, if you're familiar with any kind of legal question, you know there's a lot of nuance that is missed, that is skipped by a one-sentence explanation, but it's useful in thinking about what these parties are even arguing about. It says here a trademark is a word, phrase, symbol, or design that identifies and distinguishes the source of the goods of one party from those of others. So what this fight is about is about whether or not Bandersnatch by using the term choose your own adventure is essentially mixing things up, confusing consumers' minds as to whether or not the choose your own adventure company, ChooseCo, had anything to do with the creation of Bandersnatch. Trademark is supposed to be useful under the law for consumers to be able to identify the source of the good or service that they are otherwise buying or using. And by Netflix using Choose Your Own Adventure, ChooseCo is coming out and saying, you deliberately used our trademark to confuse people into thinking that this is related to those books they loved in the 80s or those books that they love right now are branded goods. And Netflix is going to come out and say that's not the case. And they're going to escalate this as we saw to start this video. But that's the overall purpose of trademark. So we continue with what ChooseCo's claim is. And they say they reincorporate all of the allegations, the facts that we just went over. They're the owner of the Choose Your Own Adventure mark. In addition to these trademark registrations, ChooseCo has actively engaged and developed products and services using the mark. So that's kind of a overall defense. One of the ways that you can get a trademark kicked out, that you can get it unregistered, is to say, hey, they never made anything that this trademark was supposedly registered for. So they say, hey, we use it. We use it all the time. Netflix has adopted and is using our brand, Choose Your Own Adventure, in a manner that is likely to cause confusion. Netflix is likely to deceive the public into believing that the reference to Choose Your Own Adventure originates from, is associated with, or is otherwise authorized by us, all to the damage and detriment of our reputation, goodwill, and profits. Now, that's a stretch in and of itself, right? So one of the things that they have to claim now is not only is it kind of confusing, but that it hurts them. And so they are going to say here, and we're going to skip it, I think, because it's not really a part of this video, that they don't like how negative Black Mirror is, that the Choose Your Own Adventure brand was fanciful, and it's kind of fun, and it's adventuresome, and Black Mirror is dour and depressing and cynical, and they don't like to be associated with that, and they, as the trademark holder, have the right to decide who they are going to associate their brand with, and if Netflix wanted to use Choose Your Own Adventure, they know their number, they could have called up and asked about licensing, and they didn't, and Netflix just used it. Now, Netflix probably can reference things, but in this particular instance, there is a colorable question, right? If Netflix were just referencing a Choose Your Own Adventure book in, say, uh, kind of Stranger Things context, where it's just an overall part of the 80s aesthetic. It's not kind of driving what their product is. That's one thing. That's one analysis. Compared to here, where you've actually got the main thrust of this product is the fact that you choose your own adventure. And by trying to tie it into this well-known brand, there is a possibility of some kind of confusion. Or at least that's what I think, and we will see that's what the court originally decided when it kicked out a summary dismissal. The next thing they want to claim is not just the infringement, which we see here, willful infringement have caused and will continue to cause irreparable harm and injury. 
And so you see, they reference the Lanham Act where it says, hey, if you infringe on our stuff, we can bring a claim against you. That makes sense. That Otherwise, what would a trademark holder be able to do? They also say it's dilutive. It says, hey, Chooseco's trademarks are famous marks and have been famous marks prior to Netflix's conduct alleged here, and they're well known. Netflix's use of the trademark Choose Your Own Adventure in the film Black Mirror Bandersnatch dilutes the distinctive quality of Chooseco's trademarks and was done with the willful intent to trade upon Chooseco's reputation and to cause dilution of our trademarks. As we just said, right, the main reason, and it's pretty easy to argue this, even if Netflix were to ultimately win in court at the end of all of this years from now, the main reason why you would likely associate the Choose Your Own Adventure brand with your Bandersnatch product is because you like that association. And it's not your brand. You want to have people think about it when they're engaged with your Bandersnatch product. And that really does kind of sound of dilution, sounds of trading on someone else's trademark for your own benefit in a way that may well be illegal. I pulled up the Lanham Act section here. The Trademark Act says, hey, Subject to the principles of equity, justice, fairness, the owner of a famous mark that is distinctive inherently or through acquired distinctiveness shall be entitled to an injunction. You can ask the court to stop doing that against another person who at any time after the owner's mark has become famous, commences use of a mark or trade name in commerce that is likely to cause dilution by blurring or dilution by tarnishment of the famous mark, regardless of the presence of absence of actual or likely confusion of competition or of actual economic injury. So you don't actually have to go as far with an infringement claim uh, with this claim as you would with an infringement claim. You can actually go back and you can say, okay, even if we can't show confusion, competition, economic injury, you're clearly trying to trade on our stuff and we can ask the court to have you stop that. We can go and we can make this secondary claim and say, this isn't fair to us and the trademark that we have defended. We've also got unfair competition, false designation of origin, unfair competition under Vermont common law, all this other stuff that you always add on to a claim. But the main claim is Chooseco comes out and they say, hey, you are infringing on our trademark by including a reference in your movie. Now, before we get into the rest of this, I have to say it's a tricky thing to claim. Just having a reference to some trademark material isn't necessarily going to lose you a lawsuit if you are Netflix, but it's also not something that you can just dismiss out of hand. And that's what we saw with the initial kind of reaction from the court here. I bar- I've brought up another Hollywood Reporter article that says just a couple weeks ago, early February, Netflix loses bid to dismiss $25 million lawsuit over Black Mirror Bandersnatch. A judge allows a lawsuit from the children's book publisher behind the Choose Your Own Adventure series. A Vermont federal judge is taking Netflix on a journey where the First Amendment won't immediately protect the streamer. On Tuesday, Netflix failed in its first efforts to escape a lawsuit brought by the trademark owner of Choose Your Own Adventure over the 2018 immersive film Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Note that The Hollywood Reporter doesn't refer to it as a Choose Your Own Adventure movie. Chooseco LLC... A children's book publisher filed its complaint in January 2009. According to the plaintiff, it has been using the mark since the 80s and has sold more than 265 million copies of its Choose Your Own Adventure books. 20th Century Fox holds options for movie versions, and Chooseco alleges that Netflix actively pursued a license. Instead of getting one, Netflix released Bandersnatch, which allows audiences to select the direction of the plot. And claiming these damages, Chooseco suggested that Bandersnatch viewers have been confused about association with its famous brand. 
So then Netflix tries to get it kicked out of court, right? And I think we've talked about this in prior context with other litigations that we've discussed. But one of the first things that happens in a formal litigation is that one or the other or both sides seek summary judgment, where you say to the judge, okay, assume everything that our opponent has said is right. They still don't have a claim against us. And so it should be kicked out of court. And so that's the pose. That's what you are seeing described in this article is that the court has said, no, Netflix, you aren't entitled to get summary dismissal because of X, Y, and Z. And here they say, well, we acknowledge that there is artistic relevance in the use of the Choose Your Own Adventure trademark. Netflix used Choose Co's mark to describe the interactive narrative structure shared by the book, the video game, and the film itself. Moreover, Netflix intended this narrative structure to comment on the mounting influence technology has in modern day life. In addition, the mental imagery associated with Choose Co's marks adds to Bandersnatch's 1980s aesthetic. Thus, Netflix's use of Choose Co's mark clearly clears the purposely low threshold of the artistic relevance prong. Said another way, that is in Netflix's favor. Right. If you have no artistic relevance to your use of the trademark, then you've got a bigger issue and it's very likely to get you in trouble. But if you do have some artistic reason as part of your fictional work to use a trademark, in this case for aesthetics and to kind of call up this imagery, etc., etc., that gets you into a place where you are better off than if you didn't have that artistic relevance from Netflix's perspective. But then the question becomes, is your use of the trademark deliberately misleading? And here the judge says, well, we can't kick out this claim. Here, ChooseCo has sufficiently alleged, if we assume everything they have said is correct, then the law might give them redress. They have sufficiently alleged that consumers associate its mark with interactive books and that the mark covers other forms of interactive media, including films. You can actually see that in their trademark that they that they referenced before. And it says, hey, we've got books, we've got DVDs, we've got CD-ROMs, we've got electronic games, we've got all this stuff that is supposedly covered by our trademark. And Netflix could come after them for maybe failing to actually use their mark in one or more of these categories. But it's going to be a difficult thing, especially if they really have licensed out the mark for options uh, at various movie studios and things along those lines. So you don't see Netflix necessarily pursuing that court very hard says, hey, we see a trademark here. It was validly issued. And so Chusco has sufficiently alleged that it has a trademark for this stuff. The protagonist in Bandersnatch explicitly stated that the fictitious book at the center of the film's plot was a choose your own adventure book. In addition, the book, the video game, and the film itself all employ the same type of interactivity as Chusco's products. The similarity between Chusco's products, this Netflix film, and the fictitious book Netflix described as a choose-your-own-adventure book increases the likelihood of consumer confusion. Netflix also attempted to defend its use of choose-your-own-adventure as descriptive fair use. Here, too, the judge believes that factual exploration is appropriate. We can't just get it kicked out now. Netflix might win, but if we assume everything that ChooseCo says is correct, it's not appropriate to kick this out of court at this instant. Right sessions, the physical characteristics and context of the use demonstrate that it is at least plausible that Netflix used the term to attract public attention by associating the film with Choose Co's book series. In other words, 
if we assume everything Chuzco has said is correct and all their allegations are taken on their face value, then yes, they could have a claim against you. And I can't just kick this out of court. You use your summary dismissal bid, you lose it, and we have to press on. And that's how you arrive at what happened this past week, where you have a massive, massive escalation in what Netflix is seeking to do. Mostly Netflix has so far before this, before last week, said, hey, we've got a First Amendment right. Hey, we've got a fair use right. We don't need to license that. Now they have escalated. Netflix seeks the cancellation of your Choose Your Own Adventure trademark in a Bandersnatch dispute. Now, before we get into the details here, a little bit of editorial, a little bit of opinion. We've talked about a lot of litigations. We've talked about a lot of things that could uh, eventually become litigations, such as the FTC and COPPA claims against YouTubers or other fair use claims that happen from demonetization or copyright strikes in YouTube and elsewhere in the video game industry and pop culture. And one of the things I have said pretty often is that the larger chip stack at the table, the the folks with more money, the bigger company, the bigger enterprise can do a lot of things in litigation that make it very uncomfortable for you. That even if you might be in the right, even if that video that you made is probably fair use under the Copyright Act, they can drag you to court. They can make things miserable for you for a very long time before you can get that defense, before you can get that day in court where you are ultimately vindicated. And so what Netflix is doing here is they are escalating the stakes. They say, you want to sue us, Choose Co. for $25 million? Okay, we're going to counterclaim that your trademark shouldn't exist. And if we win that counterclaim, not only do you not get your $25 million, the primary asset in your portfolio, the choose your own adventure name, is decimated and destroyed. So drop this lawsuit. Settle with us, whatever it is. We don't want to have this fight anymore, and we are going to make it as expensive as possible for you to pursue it against us. That's what this is. This is escalating the stakes to such a high degree that a lot of companies, a lot of individuals certainly, will look at that and say, hey, this is too rich for my blood. My entire livelihood and business model depends on me being able to make these books and license out the name Choose Your Own Adventure to Fox or to board game companies. And that's how I make my living. And if we lose this, and we're going to talk about why I don't think it's terribly likely that they will, but if we were to lose this, then that is an existential destruction of our company. And that's what Netflix is pursuing here. So let's take a look. It says, Netflix seeks cancellation of trademark. Not only is the Black Mirror film different from other interactive narratives, Netflix argues, but also the phrase, choose your own adventure, has become generic. Now, we're going to look at the specificity of their claim here, but I think it's worthwhile to just talk about the various sections of the Trademark Act just to talk about what is happening here. It says, in 15 U.S.C. 1064, you can go and seek the cancellation of an already registered trademark. So you're Netflix. You say, okay, they claim that they have this trademark. We think that trademark is crap. So we can bring a claim on one of the grounds that are set forth in this specific statute. It says, hey, you can do this within five years of when we originally issue it. Hey, we weren't paying attention. You say, oh, hey, that shouldn't have been issued, et cetera, et cetera. You can do that pretty quickly after we've registered. And then there's a whole other bundle of times that you can do it. And number one here in paragraph three is at any time, you can do it any time after we've issued a trademark, 
if the registered mark becomes the generic name for the goods or services or a portion thereof for which it is registered. The generic name. If you think of things like escalators or yo-yos or aspirin or cellophane, those were all company names at one point. Those were all trademark names for those products. And those aren't anymore because we just think of escalators as escalators. We don't think about who produces the escalator. They are just a descriptor for what an escalator is, a moving staircase that takes you up or down. And that is what Netflix is now arguing. That choose your own adventure is a phrase that describes a kind of interactive story and it shouldn't be entitled to trademark protection. Now we're going to talk about the weaknesses of that claim, but that is what they are arguing. And if they were to win, then the Choose Co. company doesn't have the right to control that trademark. Netflix can use it for whatever it wants. I could make a book called a Choose Your Own Adventure and put it out there in the market and everybody else could as well. And so Choose Co. would lose its primary asset. So let's look at how they describe this particular claim that they are making. And The Hollywood Reporter does a good job of summarizing here. So I will, as always, link it in the description to the video. But I always want to go to the source. And we've got a good kind of set of descriptors that they want to make this claim with. So let's see if we can scroll to it properly here. They reject everything that Chuzko has uh, offered in their complaint. Of course, they have a number of affirmative defenses. And then they bring their counterclaim which is right here. It says the phrase choose your own adventure has become generic in its current use within the United States. In contemporary parlance, any situation that requires making a series of unguided choices or that provides an opportunity to go back and remake a series of choices that turned out badly is referred to as a choose your own adventure. For instance, Judicial opinions routinely use the phrase choose your own adventure in those ways. Note, by the way, that even in this complaint, Netflix is quoting and capitalizing the term, which isn't terribly useful for their claim. They then quote a few instances here. They say, hey, by playing along with the appellant's choose your own adventure style of litigation, willingly turning back the page every time a strategic decision leads to a dead end, the court discourages careful litigation and punishes defendants who are denied both notice and response. Or in another quote, almost every term, the Supreme Court issues a new decision with slightly different language that forces federal judges, litigants, lawyers, and probation officers to hit the reset button once again in determining whether a crime is a crime involving moral turpitude and describing this as the current choose-your-own-adventure approach. Or complaining that the defendant's baffling presentation of evidentiary objections essentially functions as a choose-your-own-adventure for the court. Similarly, In the context of narrative fiction, including video games, the phrase choose your own adventure is now widely used to describe any work that employs branching storytelling. They don't give any evidence of this, but hey, there's the assertion. The phrase is not limited in its usage just to works originating with or authorized by ChooseCo. Instead, works that employ interactive storytelling are frequently described or referred to as choose your own adventure works. Thus, in its current usage, The phrase choose your own adventure encompasses the entire genre of interactive narrative fiction, a genus of media of which Choose Co.'s book series is just one species. The phrase does not function as a signifier of goods originating with or associated with a single source. So Netflix is claiming that choose your own adventure is entirely generic. 
is used in all these places to refer to choose your own adventure concepts and as so generic that the court should essentially remove the trademark registration and allow Netflix to do whatever it wants with this term. This would have far-reaching implications, of course, because once you remove the registration, anybody could do whatever they want with the term. But it's also a completely specious and ridiculous argument in my eyes, right? We talked about Netflix having a reason to do this. It's not completely without merit. It's not frivolous. This isn't the kind of thing that will result in a malpractice claim against the lawyers that bring it. But it is uh, very strategic in its usage to escalate the stakes of this particular case. In particular, I don't think that Choose Your Own Adventure has that kind of generic meaning. If we look at places where Choose Your Own Adventure pops up, we can see that it still refers to the book series. You pull up Choose Your Own Adventure for Wikipedia and you get the Choose Your Own Adventure book series, right? This is still where it leads. It doesn't just talk about interactive media. Choose Your Own Adventure is a series of children's game books where each story is written from a second-person point of view, with the reader assuming the role of the protagonist and making choices that determine the main character's actions and the plot's outcome. The series was based upon a concept created by Edward Packard and originally published by Constance Capel and R.A. Montgomery's Vermont Crossroads Press as the Adventures of Use series before taking on the trademark name Choose Your Own Adventure, right? And that is what you would expect. You get Choose Your Own Adventure, you wind up with this, you look at images for Choose Your Own Adventure, and things pop up, and they're all choose your own adventure books, right? This is what you would expect from something that is a trademark, from something that isn't generic. You don't have a lot of references to choose your own adventure as being something other than this. You can kind of get into it if you go enough down the line here. You've got choose your own blank that some people are using that could potentially be infringing if they wanted to make an issue out of it. But mostly all of the results here are the choose your own adventure books that we would assume that they are. And so Netflix is already kind of skating on thin ice, but they're also skating on ice that has recently, very recently in the law, only three years ago, which may sound like a long time for those of us living outside the legal and litigatory process, but is pretty short term for the law. Just recently, Google has won a case in the Ninth Circuit where somebody claimed that Google was generic. And in my opinion, Google is way, way, way closer to a generic term than choose your own adventure. You only really see Choose Your Own Adventure referencing the Choose Your Own Adventure books. That is the purpose of it being included in Bandersnatch. Honestly, that is the purpose of those judicial opinions referencing Choose Your Own Adventure is to be evocative of those books from the 1980s. And that's the main issue with Netflix's claim. But in the case of Google here, I think we've got a good abstract summary. I don't want to really go into a lot of the judgment because it's very technical. It talks about a lot of things that are very interesting. I will link this in the description, but isn't terribly useful to this discussion. But the abstract, the summary is, it says the panel held that a claim of genericness or genericide where the public appropriates a trademark and uses it as a generic name for particular types of goods or services, irrespective of its source, must be made with regard to a particular type of good or service. That makes sense, right? This particular claim against Google, the gentleman is trying to claim that use of the word Google as a verb. Hey, I'm going to Google your name. Hey, I'm going to Google that location or that restaurant. The use of it as a verb for searching the internet should be held against Google, the company, and their product, their internet search engine. And one of the things the court does here is it says, hey, no, the, the fact that it, you are referring to it as searching the internet doesn't actually kind of speak to the question of whether the Google internet search engine has been genericized. And that's an interesting, you know, kind of standpoint. I'm not sure I exactly agree with it entirely, but it's certainly where the Ninth Circuit has come out here. 
They continue by saying the district court thus correctly focused on internet search engines rather than the act of searching the internet. And then the panel also held that verb use of the word Google to mean search the internet as opposed to adjective use did not automatically constitute generic use. The panel affirmed the district court's conclusion that the plaintiff's evidence was insufficient to establish that the primary significance of the word Google to the relevant public was as a generic name for internet search engines rather than as a mark identifying the Google search engine in particular. And they talk about this for pages and pages and pages. But basically what they say is, hey, if you are talking about Googling something, you aren't actually speaking to whether or not you want somebody to search with Google or Bing or whatever, but you also aren't saying that that isn't the case. That when the CEO tells people to Google things, that doesn't mean that he doesn't intend for folks to use the Google search engine and that nobody refers to Bing or wherever they might be searching as a Google, right? We don't refer to search engines as Googles. We refer to Google as Google. And because Google still maintains that presence in a consumer's mind, it isn't generic. So when you think of a choose your own adventure book in particular, I think most of us can conjure up the image of what a choose your own adventure book is. We can also conjure up the image of what general kind of interactive fiction would be. And maybe it has the same kind of qualities, the same kind of ideas as a choose your own adventure book, but that choose your own adventure books still have a useful meaning that that brand still kind of speaks to an origin point to a specific company making those specific kinds of books and that they should still be allowed to license them out. And if we, Further consider what Netflix has actually offered here, those judicial opinions that use choose your own adventure to describe what's happening in the court system. It's easy enough for us to take this kind of Google decision to think about the way genericide has been treated in the past and say, well, they're not using it generically. They're using it to reference choose your own adventure books, right? That doesn't make it generic. If anything, that makes it less generic. And we can see that in kind of abstract with other references that the judiciary makes in general to other pop culture items, right? I've brought up here an article by the Mallory Law Office LLC blog from 2016 that just talks about the use of Star Wars terms in judicial opinions, right? We've got a California Appeals 4th District Court says this case is somewhat akin to deciding a dispute between Darth Vader and the Borg, or if you prefer a classical metaphor, Scylla and Charybdis. Or perhaps defendant portrays Officer Fleming as the Darth Vader of High Desert State Prison and the nurse and other correctional officer, both of whom testified they saw the weapon in defendant's shoe as his minions. These references don't make these terms generic. Darth Vader isn't a generic term. Disney isn't going to lose the right to the trademarked character Darth Vader by reference to it here in a court decision or any of these other references. You've got Lando, you've got Obi-Wan. Hey, you've got a Jar Jar Binks reference, not to mention references to Star Wars in general. A lot of judges are nerds, ladies and gentlemen, and a lot of those judges like to make pop culture references, sometimes in ways that are helpful, often in times that are not, right? These judges like to make these references. Some of them like to seem hip or cool. Some of them just like to talk about what they like. And so Star Wars references abound. Battlestar Galactica references you see here abound. And other things that these judges like appear in their judicial opinions all the time. Especially, especially if they think the reference to that trademarked property will be useful, will be evocative in folks understanding the decision that they have arrived at. So Netflix saying, hey, you've used choose your own adventure in judicial opinions doesn't answer the question to me at all. 
As a matter of fact, it still kind of describes the usefulness of the term, choose your own adventure. They've got it hyphenated. They probably should have it capitalized. In some cases, they do have it capitalized. But the very nature of the use of the term suggests its usefulness in the consumer's mind. And so I think what you've got here, I've labeled this video on the thumbnail as Netflix declares war, is Netflix getting sued. They don't like it. They think they can get it kicked out because of First Amendment and fair use and artistic integrity and all this good stuff. They don't win the day there. They're going to get litigated. They're going to have summary. They're going to have all of this uh, discovery process. They're going to have all of these kinds of motions. It's going to go on for years and years. They don't want to have that happen. And so they hit the nuclear button. They say, okay, fine. You want to continue this litigation? Then we are going to make you continue it. We are going to threaten the entirety of your business. And hey, maybe we have a small chance of winning this. Maybe Rick is right on virtual legality and there are all sorts of issues bringing this claim. But my God, even if it's a 1% chance, can you risk a 1% chance of your business model evaporating? Hey, we're Netflix. We got a lot of money to have this lawsuit. Do you have a lot of money? How's your cash position? And can you risk the whole company to pursue what is a somewhat tenuous claim, right? We say in our paragraphs, and we didn't read them when we were reviewing this, but we say in our paragraphs as Netflix, we didn't use choose your own adventure to market this. You can't find a paragraph on our site that ever used that term. You can't see us calling it a choose your own adventure. We don't have the CEO calling it that. And they might be wrong on that, but they certainly are asserting it in court. And so they say, all you have is one scene, one use of the term, and in reference to a fictional book by a fictional author. And the court has already said that aesthetically it's useful to us. We have artistic reasons to do it. And even if you've survived summary dismissal, I don't think, if I'm Netflix, you have a high likelihood of winning. So if you don't have that high likelihood, you're paying the lawyers all this money, and now we've threatened the existence of your company, you should walk away. We're Netflix. We can do what we like and you should walk away. That is the pose. That is the stance of this particular claim. I don't like to see this because I think it's so weak that it's a little bit unfair. It's leveraging the judicial system, the justice process in a way that I don't think is warranted. I don't think Choose Co. should have their business threatened by bringing a claim like this, particularly if some of their allegations are correct. You know, if Netflix did pursue a license and decide not to get it and then use it anyway, you know, that speaks to a certain amount of knowledge about what they were doing. Could ChooseCo win this case? Yeah. Bandersnatch is a kind of choose your own adventure. Referencing choose your own adventure is maybe dilutive, potentially problematic. All of these things could happen, but they shouldn't have to face an existential crisis just to bring a claim that, hey, maybe is weak in and of itself but at least has a chance of surviving the day, as the judge said, when they rejected summary dismissal. So that's my opinion on this. I think you probably all have your own opinions on this. If you watched Bandersnatch, we did a postmortem on Bandersnatch. Wasn't my favorite episode of Black Mirror ever. That would be San Junipero. And we talked about Bandersnatch and what it was doing right and what it was doing wrong. But in this particular instance, I think Netflix is pretty clearly the bad guy. They pretty clearly have escalated things in order to try to leverage ChooseCo out of this litigation. And ChooseCo might not win at the end of the day, but they have a reason to bring their claim. And I think it's at least justified. So 
That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy these kinds of discussions, talking about pop culture, law, business in general, please do share it around. Tell people we exist. Tell your friends. We love to grow this channel. We love to have these conversations with folks in the comments to our videos. We had a very interesting video yesterday about licensing and how software licenses work with respect to streaming solutions, in particular NVIDIA's new GeForce Now and the difficulties they were having with certain developers dropping out, which has resulted in a fair number of very passionate comments to our videos uh, that we still have to uh, kind of reply to and respond to. But we really enjoyed that video. We think we're doing a lot of good conversations, uh, both related to those kinds of things as well as pop culture in general. So please do share it around. If you watch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it on its podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.